Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to the first kind of funny games daily for thursday november 9th 2023 i'm one of your hosts blessing adio ag and you're joining me is the lord core poppy himself tim ma boyan gettys it's really sad we had some uh computer problems so we just had about the first 10 minutes of games daily that we recorded just yeah, gone just gone forever forever we had great conversations about it being november 9th the 19th mm-hmm. anniversary of halo 2 talked about gta we talked did about, you know it how lives on YouTube, GTA. yeah it lives yeah it lives on, on the internet but like somewhere. we're gonna probably take that down right yeah, you know, who knows? You know, if somebody quickly downloads it and then uploads it to the Reddit, then it's then it lives mm. forever. It lives it forever. Lives, yeah. lives it lives forever. forever. Kind of like wink, wink. Oh, look at this, Greg Miller. Computer problems. Who would have thought? Oh, the the agency in which he walked into this room. <laughs> like as soon as he heard computer, like fucking gets up from his desk and beeline straight to Tim's microphone. Like, he's oh getting, my being god! Activated like the Winter Soldier. You know, uh. We were talking about GTA 6 for yeah. the first time, me and you. Mm-hmm. Definitely not the last time. No. At least first time since uh, it's been announced that Rockstar is, uh, is, is going to put out a trailer in the next month, which mm-hmm. is absolutely wild. Insane. And we're talking a little bit about like the challenges ahead of them. And I think something I was thinking about that I want to talk to you about, Bless, is the similarities between Grand Theft Auto and Eminem. All right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? Okay. And let me, let, me, let me say it this way. My name is yeah. The Real Slim Shady. Mm-hmm. Without me. Yeah. Just lose it. Mm-hmm. We made you. You made, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a little worried. You get what I'm saying here? I get what There's you're saying. There's a shock value associated with here's the big saying. single, here's the thing. And I feel like at a certain point, that gimmick runs dry. And then it's just like, oh, hey, you're still just doing the same thing you did before. It's prettier and sounds like more like sonically vibrant than before. Mm-hmm. But it's a little corny. <laughs> I get you. And I think you have, I think you're on to something in terms of like the subject matter and how do we keep the same level of energy, right? Like as you GTA, can you keep the commentary? Can you keep the parody? Can you keep the humor or is it going to feel old after a while? I think the difference with GTA and Eminem is that I think GTA has only increased in its quality, right? Whereas Eminem kind of deteriorated after a while. And I know mm-hmm. Eminem fans are going to get real mad at me for that one. I mean, like, that's kind of my point, though. Yeah. Like, th- that's that's what I'm saying is I, I feel like we've had all of the wins and then it just they, they started becoming the L's, even though he was just doing the exact same thing. Yeah. I mean, I think another one to throw in there, right, on, on a different point, you know, we have Mass Effect Andromeda. We have Cyberpunk 2077 at launch. We have Fallout 76, right? Like, there is a trend for and we I was talking I was talking to Greg about this what a week or so ago about who's the next one? Who's going to be the next big developer to screw up and put out just a dud? And the thing I told him I was like, "Yo, if GTA 6 comes out and it's an 8 out of 10, right? If it's an 80 on Metacritic, that's a failure." Like yeah, that It'll still sell astronomically well. Of course. But yeah, yeah no. But I, like when you're coming off of GTA 3 and GTA Vice City and San Andreas and 4 and 5 like I come know. on. I bro. mean, come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And so, but you know, I'm excited for it. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm excited and, and more than anything, I believe 
Yeah. I, I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of hesitations. I'm interested in what it could be, what it needs to be. All of those things. I'm like, damn, that is a, there is, the expectations might be higher than any game ever, period. But I, I expect them to pull it off. Yeah. Because they're rock stars. They're rock stars, baby. Today's stories include PlayStation delaying half of their live service games, w, WB going all in on live service, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us and we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, head to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD to write in with your questions, squad ups, and more. And remember, patreon.com slash kindoffunny will get you the show ad-free plus a bevy of bonus content. Let me tell you, I've actually been listening to a lot of Eminem in the mm-hmm. last week, like just by coincidence. And I started off from Slim Shady and went into Marshall Mathers LP and went into Eminem show. And I know like... We, a lot of people talk about his first couple albums being the classic albums or whatever. A lot of people like point to Eminem show as like the start of the dip. Eminem show is fucking oh, phenomenal. Hell no, dude. Eminem, Eminem show is debatably like people don't want to say this. Debatably the strongest album. It's like I know it's like that's the breakout, like almost like his most pop album in a way, right? Like it's, that's the one where he was already famous and he's the one he was saying goodbye to Hollywood. Yeah, that he was, was saying goodbye to Hollywood. <laughs> um, it's almost like his graduation. Like I get it, mm-hmm. but that this is some really good. Oh shit. yeah, dude. Oh my goodness. Say say what you say. Mm. How you say it whenever you say in it. <laughs> Just remember how you said it when you were spraying it. So who you playing with? Oh my goodness. Shout out, shout out Eminem Show. Uh, housekeeping for you. A new episode of the Kind of Funny X cast is up right now featuring the one and only Andrea Renee. Uh, the crew talks about what they want from GTA. We got two special presentations in uh, Barrett ranks every game in the GT in the Persona franchise. Got GTA on the mind, and Greg pitches WWE 2K as a live service. Uh, these are here because of your support. So come watch them on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. And then also, we've seen your comments and are happy to announce that Nerf Alice's iconic shirtless Spider-Man tee will be premium. We the premium uh, collector's item this month. You can get yours at Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny. Thank you to our Patreon producers. Jackson Hampton, Delaney Twining. Uh, today we're brought to you by Shady Rays and Rocket Money, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have eight stories today. A baker's dozen. Start. Starting with... What a trash fight. So sad. Starting with our number one... Sony confirms it's uh, yeah. Sony <laughs> confirms it's delayed half of its twelve planned live service games. This is Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. Sony Interactive Entertainment has halved the number of live service games it plans to release over the next few years. It is confirmed. SIE had previously said it planned to release 12 live service games in the market by its fiscal year ending in March 2026, up from three during its uh, last business year ended this March. Uh, however, earlier this year, PlayStation's management team confirmed that it had partnered with Destiny Studio Bungie um, for a rigorous portfolio review process. According to press reports, uh, this has led to some projects being scaled back. During an earnings call on Thursday, uh, Sony President, COO, and CFO Hiroki Totoki seemingly confirmed that this review had resulted in some games being pushed back due to quality concerns. 
Quote, we are reviewing this. We are trying as much as possible to ensure these games are enjoyed and liked by gamers for a long time, he said. He continues, of the 12 titles, six titles will be released by FY25. That's our current plan. As for the remaining six titles, we are still working on that. That's the total number of live service and multiplayer titles and mid to long term. We want to push uh, this kind of service. And that's the unchanged policy of the company. It's not like we stick to certain titles, but game quality should be the most important thing. End quote. Tim, is this good news or bad news? I think this is amazing news. And I also think that um, there's a lot of news in here. There's a lot to break down and look into. I feel that the most important thing is them saying game quality should be the most important thing. This is something they have talked about a lot in the last decade of PlayStation. And I think that you see the results of that uh, in the fact that so many of their first party games are many of us here are kind of funny and many of the people listening's favorite games ever. And year after year, the expectations are they're going to nail it. They're going to uh, put out very high quality titles in whatever genre it is. So mm-hmm. this many live service games, a mistake. Who would have thought? There's that too. I mean, they're already like kind of dealing with that or getting sheepish or again, the best thing here, we've all been saying it, but this isn't going to work. This is them being like, all right, it's not working. We can't put out something that's not working because there's an expectation, the game quality. When mm-hmm. you think PlayStation, you think game quality. And if that changes, PlayStation loses the thing that it has, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the most important thing to them that is going to push the PS5 to be the dominant system this generation. Uh, what I'm really interested in is what this means in terms of uh, cadence of release because the delay for these games, these games are still going to happen. I imagine at the end of the day, they were working on 12 of them, right? Yeah. That's 12, not even including Destiny or Marathon. No, that's that's including Marathon. Is it? Yeah. I, I for think... some reason, I remember them saying that the Bungie stuff was separate. You're wrong me yeah, that's if you're I'm wrong, wrong about this. I, just, right. I remember it being like, that Marathon for some reason was like not counted there. Mm-hmm. Um, then if... We're just being realistic about it. If there's 12, I think that we actually end up seeing eight come out mm. of those. Maybe two hit, the rest die. Yeah, <laughs> and I still think that that's a win overall uh, for financially and for what PlayStation, the way that they're trying to uh, place their bets on this. But what's interesting to me about that is a live service game can't like it needs to live in order to be serviced. And as stupid as that sounds, my point is, it's not just, oh, Spider-Man 2 came out and sold 5 million copies in a, in a, in a month. Mm-hmm. They're betting on money over time. The later they release these games into the PlayStation 5 lifecycle, the more crossover there's going to have to be to the next generation. Yeah. Because we're going to be, at the point these games are coming out, if they're already delayed, and they're delayed without release dates, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right now they're just delayed from their plans to even be. Right now they're just like, I think a they're nebulous the, number of games. Yeah, because what of the twelve titles, six will be released by FY twenty five. I think the idea was they were going to have twelve out by FY twenty five, right? Mm-hmm. And so like you're seeing six being pushed out forward past that, which I think overall, yeah, I'm with you that that's a good thing, right? Like, hey, let's not crowd the market. You know, I I think the big issue right now that we see with live service games is that there's too many of them. And players don't have enough bandwidth to play all these different live service games. Because the thing about live service is that those games kind of want to be the, those games want to be the only game that you're playing. You know, like Destiny, for Destiny to thrive, people have to be obsessed with Destiny. People have to be checking in with Destiny season after season, right? And like, you know, doing the battle passes, doing like live service games for the most part, uh, or I I should say many of them have what is called dailies. These are things that you log in to do every single day. 
And that is a norm. That is a standard for a lot of live service games, right? Like these games want to be your everything. And I think there's only so much you can, you, you can there's only uh, a certain amount of bandwidth people have to like give them the audience they need to be there, right? Like, you know, there was somebody who wrote in about Destiny and the issues we've been seeing over at Bungie with the layoffs and them underperforming and all that stuff. And of course, like the um, big expansion they put out at the top of the year didn't necessarily set the world on fire, right? It got people's attention. And I know Andy and you know, certain people were enjoying it and like it got an audience in, but you know, there was, I saw also at the same time, a lot of disappointment and all that. I think you have that combined with the fact that every week there's a new game to play. There's something shifting our attention. It gets tough. And so I think, yeah, slowing down and delaying half of them probably is good for spreading them out, but then also, yeah, like, hey, let's assess. I'm sure part of that too is Bungie doing the portfolio review and going, okay, Last of Factions isn't working. Let's take our time. Let's scale down the team and let's figure this out. Hey, Marathon, we, we like rescale down our team because we had layoffs. I think that is probably part of these pushes as well, right? Hey, how's Fair Games doing? Oh man, you know, it seems like we're having issues here, here, and here. Okay, let's push that out too, right? And again, that's like speculation. This is not me saying Fair Games has been pushed. I don't know what games have been pushed, right? But yeah, like it seems like a lot of this is them reevaluating, which again is a good thing. You know, it's better that they're doing that as opposed to putting out these games mm -hmm. undercooked. Um, but also, yeah, like it's it's that weird thing where I want this to be successful, even though I don't believe in the vision, mm -hmm. you know, like I, it's just tough for me to go, oh yeah, 12 live service games from PlayStation. That's going to bode well. Like that's going to go well for them because you know, I, they don't have that history. They've not had that. They don't have that established already. This is part of them establishing that, but I'm not and, seeing many other dude, people succeed in this realm that, right now. That's the other problem though, is like you saying uh, that they, they haven't really proven themselves here yet. Even if they did, even if they had a track record of this, it's different than having a track record of, oh man, we know they make high quality single player games. Mm -hmm. So we can expect that when they put the proper resources into the, a game like that, it's gonna hit because they've proven that over and over and over because that's a one-off purchase. For Even if you strike like lightning strikes and you yeah. get it and you figure out Destiny or a Fortnite, that doesn't mean you can do it again. Yeah. You know, like it's and just- even, even, even keeping those afloat is a is a battle right like both epic and bungie have had major layoffs this year right and like destiny has had sort of a like destiny has been probably the key example of a live service that seems to have you know done things right for the most part and even they struggle mm -hmm. right you look at fortnite and like you know epic struggles and fortnite even like i think probably has this waves of people being like oh man what's this season okay well cool and like fortnite og is a hit right now that doesn't mean the next season they do is going to hit like fortnite og and that requires a lot of attention let yeah. alone from 12 different games yeah and you know then when you when when a, a live service game hits you have the most dedicated engaged audience which means you need to keep them happy or else yeah. they're mad and yeah. when they're mad that's when games start to fail because then the entire narrative of the game is is bad and you're not making the money and it's just it, it puts everyone in a bad position and i say this now as for the first time in my life now it's been almost a year with pokemon go and marvel snap that are two games that have daily missions and events and things that i'm actively actually playing and popping into and i am loving my time with pokemon go like i talk about it so much on the show i am hitting a point though that i'm like mm, another one of these events yeah. oh wow we're doing this again oh, okay cool it's mm -hmm. the same thing with a different color paint and it's like i almost can't, I don't know what to do there because it's quality content for the most part there's a lot of bad shit too but like i don't know what i'm expecting or wanting 
and then they add things and I'm like, I don't like these new things you're adding. And mm -hmm. it just kind of puts, it, I get my, the point that I'm trying to make is no matter how much you're enjoying yourself doing something, some things just have a shelf life. And like, yeah. it, it, it ends up being this impossible task to actually keep your audience happy, to keep the service live. Yeah, and funny enough, like as you describe that, like what you're going through with with Marvel and with Pokemon Go, like I, I started thinking about Overwatch too, right? And like my experience with Overwatch of loving it at first and like loving the seasons and loving the the events, and then kind of getting further into it and being like, all right, yeah, cool, more of the same now. Okay, cool, we're doing this again. Uh, and I think that probably goes for every every live service. Like I'm sure there's ones out there that are figuring this shit out, shit out, but like. Yeah, it's tough to think of how do you keep audiences engaged for that long, right? If you have a 10-year plan, if you have a six-year plan, right? Or if you have a an indefinite future plan, all right? Like, what is, if, we're, if we're being real about it, how long can you keep people engaged? Uh, I want to bring in a question from Hope, who writes in to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD and says, uh, Are the delays of six of Sony's upcoming live service games a good or bad sign of the prospects of their live service push? If these games come out, and don't set the world on fire, will we even see the delayed games? Also, what do you think Sony is looking for to consider any of these games successful? So look, this is so funny because the good and bad and like all this, like we're talking about this and I'm mm. with you that like, I hope this works because I, I don't want to see uh, people get laid off. I don't yeah. want, I, I, I want, want to see a see, bunch of feel. I don't want to see that era of PlayStation. I want to see all of them thriving. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also like, I want a good lastless multiplayer game. And Exactly. There's like so much good potential here that like everybody's happy. But the problem is, Right now, it's delays and uh, is it good or bad? Is it gonna even come out? Like all of that, those are questions. But then we are also asking the questions of, but what about the games we just naturally expect? Not mm -hmm. your new endeavors into things that we don't actually believe in, but the follow-ups to games that we love, the new projects, the new IPs from teams that we love. Like those are the things where right now we are having the, the most question marks from the PlayStation 5 era and this is what we're hearing. We're not hearing about what Sony Santa Monica's up to or Naughty Dog's up to yeah. or Ben's up to or any of that. We're hearing this and that doesn't add up in a way that makes me feel extremely excited about the next two years of the PlayStation 5. We know Wolverine's coming and I could not be more excited for that. Mm -hmm. I expect we're going to get some announcements at some point, but I don't know when. Yeah. I mean, to the last question of uh, that Hope's asking, you know, what do we think Sony is looking for uh, to consider any of these games successful? I mean, I think they're looking for big return. You know, I don't think they have, I don't think they are putting these out and like teeing these up with the expectation of, oh yeah, you know, they're going to start small and get big eventually. I think they're hoping for big because in their presentation earlier in the year, they said they're putting in like 60% of their budget, right? Allocating 60% of their budget into live service comparative to what, like, 20% before that you can you're wrong me about that if I got those numbers wrong um but that's like that's a sizable amount of money that you're investing you're not investing that money to then hope for moderate success yeah they're hoping for high success with this and you know to your to the part of your question of you know if these games come out and don't set the world on fire will we even see the delayed games what I'm curious about is 10 years from now if we come back and we watch the PlayStation showcase from this year is it going to feel like a fever dream yeah are we going to be like oh yeah fair games and concord and marath like those were games that were supposed to come out that we just never saw. like is what is or, that gonna look or are we gonna be like that was actually the hypest showcase of all time yeah. i doubt yeah. that but i mean can you imagine though I would that would be that. the craziest like <laughs> retconning of all time in, in games media but yeah i mean like i think if we get to i think if we get through the next couple of years and the ones they start to release are fucking like 
failures like bad like nobody's playing these things then i think you see sony start to reassess pretty quickly i think if they are like moderate to good then it is all right we gotta like figure out how to make these better we gotta figure out how to step up for the future right like i i, I think right now you're already far down the level of commitment where you kind of have to see cer certain things through like concord uh i believe is slated for 2024 right so i think they're going to see that see that through they're not, gonna, not just going to cancel certain things um the ones that are further out the ones that are past fy25 yeah i think they got potentially be canceled yeah. but i think that all depends on how far along are you on that project and again i was saying this earlier but i i do think that uh if they play their cards right and they they there's a couple of these games they truly believe in if they hit at the right time towards the end of the ps5's life cycle that could be so major for them because they're hitting the highest install base possible for an extremely successful system with people that are buying games and playing them you know mm -hmm. it's like it's an active player base on this uh, generation and uh that i feel like would give them such a great leg up and then also a great transition to the the next gen which we've already seen them do fairly seamlessly from ps4 to 5 all the lack of smart delivery and all that stuff was like annoying as hell i don't think we're going to see that again next time mm -hmm. like i think from ps5 to 6 it's just just gonna work I hope so. I really hope so. I also, also hope WB gets his shit together. Because <laughs> story number two, WB is going all in on live service. This is Matt Wales at Eurogamer. As part of his latest oh, yeah. earnings call, Warner, Warner Brothers CEO David Zaslav has outlined the company's plan to transform its biggest gaming franchises from traditional console and PC releases into always-on live service games. Uh, Zaslav made the comments during his opening remarks to investors in which he referred to several of the company's franchises, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, Batman, and Mortal Kombat as $1 billion gaming properties. Developer NetherRealm's Mortal Kombat 1, he noted, has sold nearly 3 million copies since launching in mid-September this year. Our focus, he continued, is on transforming our biggest franchises from largely console and PC-based uh, with three, four-year release schedules to include more always-on gameplay through live services, multi-platform and free-to-play extensions, uh, with the goal to have more players spending more time on more platforms, end quote. Uh, quote, ultimately, we want to drive engagement and monetization of longer cycles and at higher levels, he continued. We are currently under scale and see significant opportunity to generate greater post purchase revenue tim you excited for our live service wb future there's potentially exciting things here but they're so buried by all the bad things that are like ah oh, this sucks like a mortal combat sure i can see it i mm -hmm. can see it making sense fighting games that could work but then we also saw things like street fighter 5 come out and it didn't work but then you have to look at that and ask why didn't it work was we just not in the right time and mindset and understanding of how these consoles work like I, I feel like there are some potential success stories with this, but then there's everything else. And you look at these talented teams that are like some WB games has banger studios. Yeah. Right. Under the belt. And I say this all the time about PlayStation and I'm saying it about them. I just truly don't believe that the people that the majority of people making these games want to be making these games, these mm -hmm. live service games. And I've yet to be proven otherwise by that. I want to bring in this question from Lucid Dream who writes in and says, uh, just wanted to write in to give WB some shit over the massively egregious microtransactions they've had in their games for years. I'm looking at you, Mortal Kombat, uh, because I don't think they get mentioned enough along the likes of EA, etc. 
As an example, they released a seasonal Halloween fatality in MK1 that cost 12 US dollars, and that is only the tip of the iceberg. The fact that the CEO doesn't seem satisfied with this uh, and wants to convert even more games to a service model is disgusting, quite frankly. I could go on, but you get the idea. Vote with your wallet, folks. My thing, and the, the, what Lucid Dream kind of brought up in my mind as I was reading through the write-in is um, Shadow of War and how much the other thing that was. Because mm -hmm. I remember playing Shadow of Mordor back in the day, and Shadow of Mordor was my jam. Like, I, that was probably, that was up there for, like, my game of the year 2014, right up there with South Park Stick of Truth. It was oh, a weird yeah. year. Um, <laughs> but, like, Shadow of Mordor was so good, and then Shadow of War came out, and there was, it, this was around the time, I believe, of, like, Star Wars Battlefront 2, and there was a lot of complaints mm. about, like, microtransactions and what's going on and here. And NBA, right? NBA and NBA, yeah, NBA 2K also doing the conversation. Yeah. And, like, Shadow of War, why was that a game that had microtransactions, right? And I think this starts to fall in line with where we've seen the WB stuff be at lately, right? With you, whether you have Bar Gotham Knights, did that have microtransactions? I actually don't know. I didn't play that much. Do you remember? I'm going to be honest. I don't fucking remember. I just try to block uh, out that that like two weeks of my life that just out of my brain that's fair that could be a year a year wrong because i'm curious because this feels like a direction that like they're trying to take what I, I feel like gotham knights was a weird half step where there was kind of multiplayer stuff where you can play as the different knights but they didn't really like lean into the live service yeah. things but people in chat are saying no yeah yeah so i can leave gotham knights out of the conversation that's that's a different conversation but you know suicide squad is the next thing to bring up right mm -hmm. of is that where is is this part of that right? Is Suicide Squad it going this direction as live service because of what you want this push to as, as WB to be? Like, are we gonna see like what? Do, how does this bode for Wonder Woman? How does this bode for the games that we typically look for out of these studios? Because you mentioned that they are these these are talented studios, um, but I do worry <laughs> like just based off of this write up. Um, but then also like I feel like trends we've seen in WB recently. Well, we're not going to have to wait long. We're 85 days away from Suicide Squad. Kill the oh, Justice League. Man. Are God, we, we are, though? We are 85 are days away though? from Groundhog Day, everybody. I hope so, everybody. because we got to get this game out. Like, we just got to get are it over we with. We got to rip off the Band-Aid. 85 days. 85 <laughs> days. <laughs> man. It feels crazy that that game's coming out in, like, two months. <laughs> it does. <laughs> oh, baby, baby, baby. Let's move on. Story number three, Steam Deck OLED has been announced, everybody. Oh, my God. The happy day. This happened as we were breaking for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Um, I'm going to pull from Twitter where I got a tweet from Wario64 uh, where he says, Steam Deck OLED has been announced. Are you getting a high dynamic range screen, uh, longer lasting battery for faster downloads, uh, and more? I also have a tweet here from Jeff Keighley who lays some stuff out, right? Uh, it's going to be released November 16th, which is really soon really really soon, soon. man and it, it, uh, isn't that the same day as playstation portal not that they're uh intended for the exact same audiences but i just yeah. think that is kind of fun uh but, but you have that you yeah, have the hdr man. oleds display 30 to 50 percent longer battery life uh faster downloads with wi-fi 6e you have improved thermals and five percent it's five percent lighter than the steam deck L lcd models um the 512 gigabyte oled is coming in at $549, and then the one terabyte OLED is coming in at $649. Um, and there's a limited edition one that has this like really cool looking uh, see-through translucent uh, plastic, mm -hmm. like very reminiscent of, like, I mean, I guess even like the Switch Pro controller, but like, you know, what we all love from back in the 90s, yeah. uh, with little like orange highlights. But I can't tell, is that the only version sold of the OLED? Or can you get a more traditional colorway mm. for the uh, OLED Steam Deck? Either way, 
Shout out to everybody tweeting at me today. I love when something happens and everyone's just like, we got to talk to Bless about this. We got to talk to Tim. I love that anytime time OLED comes up, it's like, I know who to go to. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm really, really excited about um, this because yeah. OLED's kind of been one of the big things holding me back from, from the Steam Deck. Another one is I don't love some of the button placement, especially where the shoulder buttons are. I'm going to pull out Greg's. Yeah, Tim is pulling out Greg's deck. Like holding this thing... It doesn't quite feel right to me. Like there's like this is too big of a dip, but I think I can get over it. Mm -hmm. And I think an OLED screen Dude, might be the you're answer. You're gonna like the Steam Deck. Yeah. So I'm now, so happy because I didn't know if this was gonna happen for you. Cause you said you kept saying I'm gonna hold out for OLED. Yeah. And I was like, ah, that might be far off. Like I don't know if they're gonna make like another model of this thing. Like I but think it's, it's, it's gonna happening. be a while. It is happening. It's happening. And it's happening That's, like right now. And it's gonna be lighter, they're saying. A little slightly yeah. better battery life. So that's all nice. Not more powerful though. So so give me the, the pitch on this then, Bless. What am I going to do with this Steam Deck? Oh, OLED? many illegal things. Yeah. So many illegal yeah. things. But, but also, how well are those illegal things running? Oh, really well. I, before we went live here, you and Barrett were both like, man, I really want this thing, but I don't want to have to go through installing everything and yeah, doing it all again. Yeah, but that's more so just like, you got to get a little nerdy with the Steam Deck, but it's not crazy. Like, we're not hacking. <laughs> we're not hacking into a database Like, or here's the thing. It's like, you know, <clears throat> Mike always joked about, well, kind of serious, but never committed to like, let's get games on his steam deck and then tim once you get this oled we can get games yeah for sure and it's steam real deck. it's really easy mm -hmm. you just gotta like boot up the, the the linux thing they got they got in there maybe plug in a mouse and keyboard maybe plug in so a mouse and keyboard and do some things shit. with some files yeah, like, so I'm, and that's I'm, the same with like and, i'm nerdy with that shit i'm all i'm down for yeah that. and i think you're the appropriate level of nerdy yeah. like you're gonna be fine doing that and once you, it's set up and go so once you do that all those games are in your steam library yeah and so if you want to boot up I don't know, like maybe a game that you like from back in the day. You just go over to your library and just click it. Let's it yeah. say maybe like a Tony Hawk's Underground. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, okay, but how well are these things running? Because like I remember back in the day on my PSP, I was playing allegedly Super Mario World uh -huh. and I had to put frame skip on a couple frames and I was just like... They run mm, as no. well as they run on, on a PC on that emulator. Yeah. Okay. So like is, if you boot up your uh, um, like a PCSX2 or whatever yeah. it's called, right, on your computer... It's going to run the exact same on your Steam Deck. So, so PS2 like, games, we good. You're good. Yes. Here's the thing. I mean, not every game runs perfectly. Like okay. I, but when I when I played, um, when I allegedly tried to play NBA Street <laughs> Volume Two on the PlayStation Two emulator, it ran weird, and so I booted up on Dolphin, and it ran well. Mm. And so there are things mm. like that that are fixes. Okay, and I'm not, sure for not anything. Not all ROMs are equal. Not all ROMs are yeah. like great on any emulator kind of things. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so like, and I'm sure for whatever problem, there's somebody online with a fix if you really want to seek that out. But my solutions have been like, okay, if it doesn't work on PC SX2, it'll work on Dolphin. Yeah, Got like it. allegedly, maybe I did an entire playthrough of Tony Hawk's Underground. And Tony Hawk's Underground. I, I love that both of us did other that. games. Allegedly. Like, uh, allegedly. And Tony Hawk's Underground, too, is such a, like, I gotta replay Who's that game every few years. to say where I played the original Persona games for my Persona, every game Persona fucking ranked words? Uh, who's to say? Did it all run well? Who's to say if I played the God of War PSP games? And Who here's knows? the thing, right? Because we're talking about games, but also... The new games that are coming out work so well for this thing. Like I did, I did God of War 2018 for the replay we did for PS Love You last year. Did it on my Steam Deck, yeah. and it was a great time. I played Death Stranding Director's Cut on the Steam Deck. Great time. Elden Ring ran really well so, on the Steam Deck. Okay, so I guess that's my real question to you, and I, I'm, I'm just be a hundred percent honest here. Yeah. How? What's the percentage of your gaming time that you spend on the Steam Deck these days, and what are you playing these days? 
if I'm being completely honest, not booted up my Steam Deck in a while. Okay. But that's also just because, like, I'm playing a lot of, like, Nintendo and PlayStation stuff. And, like, I'm also just I'm way more of a console player. Um, that said, like, what, the last... I played quite a bit of Baldur's Gate 3 on Steam Deck. And that is the thing of, oh, man, that's, that's what inspired me to get the nvidia um whatever graphics driver i have right now what, uh, my 3080 I, but my i think what your use case is going to be to me is like think about like all the the indie games that you you try to give love to and all that stuff and like if you want to play it handheld you probably have tried it on the switch and it like runs fine enough or whatever but then think about that indie game running on that steam deck at 60 frames per second but see, that's my now problem. with an oled screen but they Ooh. do on switch like but i can't also, think of a single indie game that i'm like ah that's the Which, other thing, though, is that I feel like, I feel like once I got my Steam Deck, I started discovering more indie games. Yeah. Like it, El Paso Elsewhere. I forget if actually, actually, I think that might be on Switch. But that's one that I picked up on Steam Deck, and I've been playing that. Like, if I'm requesting an indie game now, I'm probably getting it on PC because it's also nice having the thing of, all right, I'm playing this on my on my Steam Deck, but I can also boot it up on my computer if I want like the screen version of it or the ultimate version of it with all the graphics options and and, and things. All right. All right. Yeah. The price seems a little high for my use cases here, but I mean, hey, they're giving me exactly what I asked for. Yeah. So you're gonna like this thing. I'm always <laughs> obsessed with it. But hell yeah, let's go. Steam Deck OLED. We won, everybody. Um, if you want to continue winning, let me talk about patreon.com slash kind of funny. Over there, you can get wins such as watching the kind of funny next gen podcast, such as getting kind of feudy and so much more. But you can also win by getting shows ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Shady Rays. Tis the season of giving. Get the perfect gift for a special someone, yourself, or both. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades and quick swap snow goggles that won't break the bank. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers an unrivaled product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Y'all know I've been outside in the sun a lot playing Pokemon Go, and it's such a great experience wearing Shady Rays when I'm out and about looking dope and that's not all every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost or broken replacements if you lose or break your pair even on day one they told us they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked exclusively for our listeners shady rays is giving out a very merry deal for the season you can go to shadyrays.com use code kind of funny for 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people by going to shadyrays.com using code kind of funny and you'll get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. This episode's brought to you by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And it has surprised multiple of my friends and people are kind of funny at how many subscriptions they have that they have forgot they're still paying for. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Seriously, think of how many free trials you've subscribed to that you've probably never canceled. That's why I'm such a big fan of Rocket Money. It's so easy to cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money can even negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. That's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. Rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. 
So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back with story number four. The next Mass Effect isn't expected until 2029 or later. Uh, a report claims. This is from Chris Scullion hold on, hold on, at hold on, VGC. Hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. The thing we just saw teased? Yeah. 2029. Hmm. Do you know what I'm going to be doing in 2029? I'm going to be married with like 15 kids. 15 <laughs> kids, yeah. I'm gonna, like, 15 <laughs> kids in six years? Yeah, dude. Hey, got to get going. You know, I'm going to have some uh, a lot of triplets. <laughs> All right? I like that. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know who I'm going to be in 2029. That's insane. I'm going like, to be a different person. I'm not is gonna this be, the first? I mean, I guess they didn't actually. They're not saying this, right? But like. This is so. This is from. Uh, I'll read it. The next Mass Effect game may not uh, see a release until 2029 or later. It is claimed. Bioware marked its annual N7 day on Tuesday by publishing a teaser for its next Mass Effect game. However, during Giant Bomb's Game Mess Morning Show on Wednesday, the sites Jeff Grubb and Tamor Hussein both shared that, according to their sources, the game is still a long way off. "Quote: You want some original reporting?" Grubb said. "This game is just nowhere near coming out." I was told that when they revealed Dragon Age Dreadwolf in 2018, this is similar in terms of timeline. That was announced in 2018, and we're not getting that game until maybe next year. Uh, so now do the math for that, and we're talking 2029 for Mass Effect 5. Uh, Tamora then replied, I've heard, some of the, I've heard some things as well, and this game is so far away, it is, it is so far in another galaxy right now. End quote. Uh, Grubb went on to claim that his sources told him that, en- that the N7 Day teaser uh, was created mainly to reassure fans that the game was still in the works, uh, rather than any sort of indication that it was coming anytime soon. Uh, quote, when I, when I asked, it was just like, hey, this is just because they have to do something for N7 Day. Uh, yes, for this thing, that is all this is. End quote. Yeah, man, it's, a, it's interesting. There's different ways to look at it, right? Because mm-hmm. we, we always, uh, I, not we. There are a lot of people out there that are like, why are we so weird about video games? And why don't we just talk about what everyone's working on? And it's like, well, this is why. It just sucks the energy and air out of everything. It's like, it's not fun to think about a game like Mass Effect with the little tease we got Mm -hmm. coming out in a a time period that, jokes aside, we can't even fathom. (laughs) Yeah. Like, literally, like, what? In 2029... I will be, well, that's six years away. I, I'm, I'll be like 35, 36 years old with 15 kids in a yeah. house and a mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't, I, like, I don't know if I'm going to be a fan of video games <laughs> in, in 2029. <laughs> like, you know, it's, 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 it's wild. I, and I'm, I'm with it of like the thing of, yeah, I think, I think there is something there in terms of the transparency of talking about games, right? In the way that, like, hey, as soon as the movie's greenlit, like, we know what the movie is and all that stuff. But yeah, like, I think games, gaming, t- game timeline, for like development can be so long and also so unpredictable in terms of delays and things being pushed and all this stuff because there's so many moving parts that 
I would I I personally prefer not to know really. Like I don't want to be hearing people talk about Mass Effect for the next six years. I we know it, we know it's gonna happen someday, right? We know it's Bioware, and so like yeah, you're gonna make a new Dragon Age eventually. You know you're gonna make a new Mass Effect eventually. But and maybe this is just me, but yeah, I feel like six years is a long time to wait yeah. for this thing, especially it being announced like what a couple of years ago. Yeah. Totally. That puts like, in so like a cyberpunk already, territory. Yeah, absolutely. And like I always say, I like my unicorn games. I do feel like there are a, a suite of games that are so big that, yeah, I want them to be announced. I want to know they're officially coming and understand they're not going to come for a very long time. And Mass Effect is, I think, on that level. Like I feel, especially for what this game seems to be, which mm. is like, uh, we're giving you what you want, motherfuckers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is it is wild to think. that. And again, this is just Scrub. Uh, predicting, but I think his prediction potentially is not far off. No, I mean, the, for me, it's this, it strikes me the same as Elder Scrolls, the mm -hmm. next one, when they announced that years ago, right? And it's like, well, you still got Starfield. <laughs> and, you know, now that Starfield's out, we can expect, what, another four or five years before yeah. we get Elder Scrolls? Um, Good point. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing, and I don't know what the right solution is, because I understand on one level. You want to reassure your fans that this thing is happening. Hey, just because we're working on a new IP doesn't mean that the thing you love is like non-existent or we're not going to work on that again because mm -hmm. you want to kind of build that thing she, yeah sure it's bioware hey we put out anthem and we're working on dragon age but we know we know there's a hankering for mass effect just so you know we're working on it you're just not going to see it for a decade but we're working on it it's like oh man well if you're not if it's not coming out for a decade why do i even know anyway like why like I, it's it's a weird thing yeah moving on though story number five Former Forza boss Alan Hartman has been appointed head of Xbox Game Studios. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Microsoft has appointed former Turn 10 boss Alan Hartman as its new head of Xbox Game Studios. Hartman, who joined the Forza Motorsport, yeah, who joined the Forza Motorsport developer back in, in 2005, has spent the last two years working as corporate vice president of Forza and Fable. Quote, Thrilled to be representing such an elite set of game creators in my new role leading Xbox Game Studios, he wrote on LinkedIn. Hartman's promotion follows several recently announced Xbox leadership changes. Uh, he is taking on the role previously held by Matt Booty, who has been promoted to president of game content and studios, a role which incorporates overseeing the work of ZeniMax and Bethesda. Sarah Bond was also promote, uh, promoted from corporate vice president at Xbox to Xbox president. In her new role, she has taken over the running of the division's hardware and software platforms. The leadership changes also coincide with Microsoft finally completing its $69 million, million or billion? No, billion? It was billion. Billion. $69 billion, It says million. Yeah. Uh, acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Sometimes money, like yep, numbers get so high where I'm like. like that's still a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I'm like $69 million? That's Yeah, that seems all right. Yeah, um, look, I think this is great. We've been talking about this a lot, and uh, I, I think that strong leadership and uh, a, a quantity of leadership when it, you're dealing with this many teams is incredibly important. And having people focused on different aspects of that business uh, is, I think, going to be the key to either the success or failure of the, the new Xbox that we are already starting to see, but in five years we'll be looking at and being like, Man, the decisions they made in 2023 are really going to show. And where is Xbox going to be? Where mm -hmm. are they possibly going to be? Um, and I'm excited. I, I think that that we've seen them kind of be put, putting everything in position to really hit and acquiring more and more and more teams. Them having Bethesda the last couple of years now, seeing how that has went from us asking are they going to be multi-platform to no, 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 it's not. We can stop fucking asking because from here on out, Elder Scrolls 6, 
we shouldn't be questioning if it's coming to PS5. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that that's going to start happening with all the Activision stuff as well. But eventually, I do believe we're just going to get Xbox Game Studios. There's going to be some Activision and Bethesda stuff renamed. And I think that all of this is evidence of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, for me, this reminds you of, like, Herman Holtz being promoted to, like, PlayStation Studios Red, right? Like, it's nice to have somebody that has been at the top of a studio be the one that you are. Okay, you know what being in the in a studio is like. You know what it's like to work directly on a game. You know what it's like to lead a team of people working on games. Now, help lead the people who are leading the teams, mm-hmm. <laughs> people who are, yep. who are making games, right? Like, you want somebody who's familiar with that task. And so, uh, congratulations to Alan Hartman. And to Matt Booty and Sarah Bond and like yeah. the, the entire team over there. Like I just, again, I, I feel like so far they're making the right calls. I haven't seen anything that I'm like, fuck, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopefully Bobby Kotick leaves. Yeah. I mean, soon. well, that's the thing they're saying that he is. Yeah. So it's like, cool. This sounds like the, the right landscape to, to be able to, to grow and um, kind of create a new era of, of Xbox, but a new era of video games. Story number six. Marvel Spider-Man 2 sells more than 5 million copies in 11 days. This comes really? directly from a tweet uh, from Insomniac, uh, where they say, we're incredibly honored to announce Marvel Spider-Man 2 for PS5 has sold over 5 million copies. Thanks to our incredible community for supporting us and helping us reach this milestone. That's incredible, man. Yeah. 5 million, and it's like, it hasn't been a month. It's only just been a couple 11 weeks. days. Is that right? Dude, I was thinking about the same no. thing. No. That's not right at all. No? So Spider-Man 2, October right. 20th to November 9th? I was lied to. <laughs> <laughs> this article lied to me. Lied well, to. well, no, the article's probably right of like oh. the first 11 days of it being out, it sold 5 million, but that doesn't mean today is oh. 11 days after. Okay, no, that's fair. That's but fair. see, that's, that's weird. Why would they... Well, they? I mean, maybe it took them a little bit to figure out the, you know, the numbers and shit. But I feel like, yeah, yeah. If I were them, I, I would. Yeah, I would, I would, have I would that catch it. Like, what's today's there? number? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let me see if I can find this. And I forget what article I got that specific sentence from. Also, it's then why, I, like, the, like I know the PS5 is new, and I'm not trying to do like console war stuff, but like the, the five million in eleven days, like Spider-Man Two being one of the biggest games, like really, like Tim, it's fucking insane how fast Tears of the Kingdom sold in three days. No, absolutely. And see, that, the, the numbers are, because I remember like when Starfield did their numbers, right? Like I was kind of trying to like do, do the comparison thing of what Starfield in the first couple of weeks was 10 million mm-hmm. players, right? And like, that's I mean, that's an insane, insane number. But then that made me think about the Zelda thing of, yo, Zelda doing 10 million and Pokemon for that matter, also doing 10 million in mm-hmm. three days. You had to buy that for seventy dollars. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Zelda was seventy Zelda, bucks too, just yeah. like Spider Man. Normally, we're like, "Well, you have to keep that in mind." It's like, "Nah, man." It was yeah, 70 no, bucks. and like both exclusives, obviously, way more yeah. switches out there than anything in the world. But like, that's a fucking insane number. Yeah, Spider Man two being five million, also insane. Insane. Starfield I, also having ten million players, right? Also insane. All these numbers are, are are totally totally wild. But like, I think that this this number is uh, again, it, whether it's representative of eleven days or three or the weeks last couple or so, weeks, yeah, that's great. And oh my god, this is just the beginning. Like I imagine this game is. We've talked about this a lot, but like, I think it's easily passing twenty when all said and done, and mm-hmm. that's incredibly impressive. And I think I I forget what our bet was. I think we had a back and forth about what's going to sell more between Mario and Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And I think so far, like Spider Man is Spider Man's outpacing. Yeah, outpacing, but like. I think less than like um, a million though. Like I think what Mario was around four point something million, and Spider Man Two is at five million. And so yeah, yeah. I mean Mario. I I think if I had to predict, I, I think the Spider Man Two clears twenty million, and Mario Wonder clears thirty. 
So, yeah, okay, here we go. So I got it directly from IGN. IGN's article is Marvel Spider-Man 2 sells more than 5 million in 11 days. Now, where did they get the 11 days? I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. But then, dude, we're also heading into the holiday. We're setting into a holiday with a new iteration of the PS5 that I don't think is going to uh, convince too many people that already have a PS5 to buy a new one. But I do think it's uh, an exciting thing for people that have been maybe on the, the fence a little bit of like just, ooh, shiny new thing. Mm -hmm. um, and with Spider-Man 2 that's reviewed well, it's Spider-Man, one of the most iconic characters ever. Um, there's just so many wins going, going on there. Yeah. And supply will be in stores for the console for one of the first holiday seasons that we've uh that that's been the case like i think last year was the first holiday season and they had god of war ragnarok which was another major mainstream win but it's different now yeah I, it's funny because like as you mentioned that i was like hey yeah why wouldn't you you should have a spider-man at launch why were you why why'd you wait until now to release spider-man 2 and then i forgot the spider-man miles morales was literally at launch <laughs> fucking spider-man carrying this console on his back Woo. good for you story number seven Overwatch League is over. It's done. This is from Sophie McAvoy at GamesIndustry.biz. Activision Blizzard has announced the end of the Overwatch League. In a statement sent to GG Recon, the company said it was transitioning away from the Overwatch League and is planning to take competitive Overwatch in a new direction. Quote, we're grateful to everyone who made Overwatch League possible and remain focused on building our vision of a revitalized esports program, the company said. We're excited to share details with you all in the near future. End quote. As GG Recon reported, the news came after several teams exited the esports tournament, including Toronto Defiant and the Shangdu Hunters. Uh, according to the Jacob Wolf report, Activision Blizzard is reportedly in talks with the Saudi Arabian state-owned ESL Faceit Group to run the 2024 Overwatch season. In its financial report for H1 2023, the publisher noted that the total revenues from its Overwatch League comprised uh, less than 1% of its consolidated revenue. Rest in peace. There's a lot going on here. I, you know, Overwatch League, so much of esports, fantastic. Mm -hmm. And such a great idea and uh, something that I want to root for. But I feel like being in this industry for as long as I have and realizing how many adjacent industries there are, where it's just because we, we say we're in games, that can mean a thousand different things, whether it's games media, game development, console, PC, indie, AAA, all of that. Mm -hmm. And then there's esports, which is such a different thing uh, with a, a mind of its own uh, and problems of its own. And I feel like being tangentially in it and also directly in it at certain times over the last couple of years, there was a, there is a nastiness and a major frat boy money problem uh, mm -hmm. that just is pervasive throughout so much of esports that I feel like after so many controversies, after so many just money laundering schemes, and like, it just, it feels like snake oil. And it feels like there was a, a rush to the top and, and a sell, 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 like, like we can do this, there's money in these hills. And then there clearly wasn't as much money to back that stuff up that even the most successful examples of these esports things, things like Overwatch League, even things like uh, Riot, which obviously yeah. they have worlds and they have amazing things, but there was a while where Riot was like heavily investing in the like studio on their own campus and like turning that into a giant thing. And like for a game, one of the biggest games ever, some of the biggest games ever, multiple yeah. things. You still, it's just like the live service games to have live audience spectator sports happening. You need audiences to come and you need consistent audiences to, to be able to make that money make sense for all the investors. And 
I don't know, man. I, we're, we've, the bubble's already popped yeah. uh, when it comes to esports, and it is sad to see Overwatch League being being part of that. Yeah, because like, like so many people love that. Like so many people. That's the thing is, I, you know, like you mentioned it that it almost feel, esports can all, can feel like such a separate world from the world that we're in. And like when I hear people talk about esports stuff, I'm all, I'm all, I I often feel just way out of my like my realm right i'm like oh man i don't know how to talk about what's going on with league of legends and the tournaments all it's funny enough like as i was telling greg about how the other day i went to um dinner with some friends and i met a couple new people and um one of them was a gamer so immediately we started talking about gta because gta was the big news and i was like i was fresh off of seeing that pop up on twitter but like as i started getting more conversation with him you know i'm like oh yeah so like what kind of games do you play he's like oh yeah dude like me and my friends play um you know we have a minecraft server uh you know I like to play league of legends sometimes and like oh we do a lot of like wow classic and old school runescape and he keeps listening games and i'm like I, nope, I, nope. I, next, I, nope next no nope. <laughs> i'm like i'm hoping i'm like please say Baldur's gate or please say Elden ring please say something i know and he's like yeah man so yeah old school runescape and you know like valorant i'm like i don't i don't know these games i'm sorry man i'm sorry very uh, so we had to talk, talk about gta but you never you never played old school runescape plus i mean when i was a kid i played runescape but i'm not like i don't know what old school runescape is now like i know it's classic runescape but i think they have new content which is cool that's cool but also i'm like we get into runescape plus I could be down. You can get me for exactly two days. <laughs> Beyond that, I'm out. But uh, you get you can get me for a two day period. But yeah, like so many people, even though like I think a lot of the esports stuff can be outside of my realm, outside of our realm. So many people I know love Overwatch League. Like yeah. I know Andy's Andy. obsessed with it, mm -hmm. right? And like I see plenty of gaming journalists and just Overwatch fans being obsessed with Overwatch League. And like it's I know well presented. It's hype. It's so cool. Yeah, there's a product there, man. And so like yeah, it sucks to see uh, it going away. I hope that there's I hope that we can find a replacement that is, you know, healthy and non-controversial and all that stuff. But again, I'm outside of this. I don't know, like, what the fuck is going on with the Overwatch League. They, I, I read Saudi Arabia and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I mean, that's what it is. What's happening? That's where we're at. All right. Our final news story, story number eight, the gritty is back. But you only have a few hours left to get it. <laughs> this sounds like a good threat. <laughs> this is from Fortnite on Twitter. Oh, snap. They're hitting the gritty. Get the gritty. <laughs> what bless? Why did you say that like Nick would say it? <laughs> I'm reading a news story. No, you said it like Michael Sarah would say it. <laughs> that's what they say. That's what the tweet says. Hey man, they're hitting the gritty. Oh snap, <laughs> they're hitting the gritty. Get the gritty emote uh, in the OG shop for the next 24 hours. This is tweeted last night at 4 p.m. Um, I guess our time. And so, what you got like five hours left if you're watching this live to seeing get Mike the gritty. do this brings joy to my heart every single time. He's just such a character. Did you see that he wrote, he ran a half marathon yesterday? Yeah, apparently? yeah, I did. Bless. I was here when it was all starting off, and I was like, "Just don't hurt yourself, please. Mm -hmm. We need you." And he did it. He, he did it. He came in with energy today, which I was really impressed well, by. I was like, "There's a confidence. Yeah. There's a level of yeah, fuck to you all guys. the haters because yeah. there was a lot of haters." Is he dealing with some blisters? Is he? Wouldn't Who's be surprised. Say? Who's to say? Good lord. Seeing. What next inhuman feat <laughs> Michael is able to pull off next is just so far away. Yep. Probably not that far away. But if I wanted to know what's coming out of Momograph Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily shows each and every weekday. A lot of people in chat are like, you know, I do not believe he ran more than 13 miles with no prep. But there's video, like he live streamed. He did it. Cool Greg was with him. And does Cool Greg lie? Fuck no, he doesn't. He does not lie. Yeah, if there's anything I know about Cool Greg, that means we'll tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs>
out today uh we got nine years of shadows for the switch berserk recharged for ps4 ps5 xbox series x xbox one switch and pc like a dragon gaiden the main who erases name for ps5 xbox series x ps4 xbox one pc dungeons 4 for PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, the fourth Dungeons game. Let's go. There we go. Uh, Cuisineer for PC. Tales of Arise, Beyond the Dawn for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. Uh, Catan, console edition for Switch. Y'all just making shit up. Uh, and then Double Dragon Advance for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, Switch, and PC. On um, Like a while ago on Kind of Feudy, like a couple months ago, we did like a test uh, game of... Um, I forget what I called it. I called it You're Wrong, right? Where I did like a fake KFGD and you had to like figure out what was like the inaccuracies. And one of the segments I have is out today where I read a bunch of games that are not real. Double Dragon Advance and Catan Console Edition are such like gotchas. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like it could be, but it doesn't sound right. Yeah. Uh, new dates for you. We got Braid Anniversary Edition. Uh, that launches April 30th on uh, 2024 on consoles, PC, and Netflix. Neptunia Sisters versus Sisters. That's another one. It's like that's not a real game. No way. Neptunia <laughs> uh, launches January twenty third, uh, twenty twenty four, on Switch, and then Fantasy Life: The Girl Who Steals Time. Awesome. Has been delayed. Great. Twenty twenty four. Oh, and then also a special new day for you. This comes from Embracer Group on Twitter. Our Q two report will be published uh, at seven uh, CET time on November sixteenth. Cool. Uh, you're welcome to join us live in Stockholm for our online. <laughs> or online for the webcast presentation that's going down thursday november 16th at nine o'clock oh bless i forgot to tell you we're actually sending you to stockholm let's fucking go <laughs> tim i would probably be me inspired so I, I understand not doing it but like you know if me and greg did a live reaction yeah to the embracer group mm -hmm. financial call yeah because do you did you ever see the last one the no. video of the last one uh-uh dude it's incredible like i had to bring it up for greg because like i was describing to greg and greg i i couldn't depict to him like how wild this thing was until we brought it up maybe that we'll make that our post show because it's insane this is where the saudi arabia deal fell through oh okay. and they wouldn't they weren't saying who it was but like it just starts off and they're like last night we had a major deal come through and they were distraught they were horrified oh, at what just shit. happened yeah so we're gonna bring that up but that's we're gonna save that till after the show uh we have a deal of the day for you surviving the aftermath and Earthlock will be free on epic game store uh from november 16th through the 23rd and then this is from wario 64 calculator is two dollars on the us eShop. shout so, out to wow. it looking like the calculator on like ios 6. it's the best yeah this is such a basic looking cal like add some pizzazz add some style to it you know try harder i love it now but it's two dollars right now it's time for you're wrong where you write in let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Nitro says Marathon does count toward the 12. Hmm. Uh, SN says PlayStation Live Service budget went from 12% in 2019 to 49% in 2022 and will increase from 55, will increase, will increase to 55 by 2025. So I wasn't far off, actually. Yeah, pretty, no, good shit. Yeah, that's pretty spot on. I just want to say real quick, I was uh, shouting out Halo's 19th, Halo 2's 19th birthday today, mm -hmm. uh, and I was telling the story. I think this was in the version of the game's daily that got killed in the beginning, but I was telling the story of me and Alfredo and my best friend Curran uh, waiting at midnight. Curran just texted me, happy Halo 2 anniversary with a little heart. Hell yeah. <laughs> Good for y'all, man. Awesome, Good man. Good for y'all. <laughs> like, he's not out there like on IGN or anything, so he just, November, he saw the date and he's like, I'll never forget. <laughs> uh, Gundam Stevenson says the 11 days is October 20th to the end of October, so the 31st. So the Spider-Man 2 sales are for the month of October. Okay, that's where that the makes sense. Days come yeah, from. yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes so much sense. 
Catan Console Edition is the video game version of the very popular board game, often referred to as European Monopoly. I have a lot to say about this. First of all, don't mansplain what Catan is to me, okay? I love Catan. I play Catan all the time. But secondly, they call it European Monopoly? Is that real? Is that true? I didn't know that. Fake Catan fan over here. I didn't know that people were calling that European Monopoly, because guess what? Europeans got it right this time, because our Monopoly sucks. But Catan, great. <laughs> Catan, great. Uh, but thank you, the Portland Kevin, for that. That's it. But you're wrong. Tomorrow's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily is going to be Tim and me. Wow. Back at it. Like a bad habit. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, Game Daily. All right, I'm going to find this Embracer call to yeah, send to I've Barrett. already found it. You found it? I'll be right back. I need to pee-pee. You have a tight window because Greg Miller says this has to end at 1130. Oh, yeah. So if you'd like to do yeah. the Embracer call, Bless, do it up. Yep. Uh, hey, speed run some questions right now. Let's go. I, okay, we really only need to, like, watch, like, a couple of minutes of it. Okay, speed run some questions for you, Bless. Say Chalet writes in and says, aren't Souls like Metroidvania trend chasing too? Aren't souls aren't souls like Metroidvania trend chasing too? Oh, because you're saying that like uh, games as a service stuff is trend chasing. Oh, okay, I mean, okay. I don't think people are doing um, souls likes and Metroidvanias because the industry trends are telling them that this is going to make them like so much more money as opposed okay. to like other things. Yeah. And, you know, I think when you're when developers making souls like or Metroidvanias. I get the impression that they really want to make these kind of games because mm. I don't think Metroidvania on the box is selling that many more copies. Yeah, I think that is a hey, no, we really like Metroidvanias and we think we have a cool ideal for one. There, or, there's a difference between inspiration and chasing trends. Yeah, one thousand percent. Okay. Uh, Street Shadow writes on the ten dollars super chat says on the topic of live service games, what are your ideas for successful ideas for PlayStation? Mine are Warhawk as a BR, SOCOM as a tactical shooter. LBP, that's Little Big Planet, mm. as a free-to-play creation game, PC crossplay. Ooh, uh, oh, that's a really good question. I, 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 I think a Little Big Planet live service game. This is called Little Big Planet. Yeah, that is, you know, over time they're adding in more elements, they're adding mm -hmm. in more costume mm -hmm. skins and all that stuff, and like, you know, adding in original campaigns. Um, I think that'd be a fun idea. I think that'd be cool. I think that'd be successful because like Little Big Planet is such a like recognizable IP, and I think yeah. it has a sales potential to it. Um, it'd be better than dreams it'd be better than in dreams. my opinion yeah right? it's like a as a casual fan right if you were like hey it's dreams but it's a little big planet skinned and all that jazz i'd be like oh yeah i'd be into that more yeah for sure um, okay i would also i mean i think you could do a version of the last was that works but i think okay. you i think you might have to scale back as okay. scary as that sounds for naughty dog right because naughty dog wants to like do the most ambitious thing possible i think if you make a last was that is hey it's it's just it's just battle royale or it's mm. just like it's just the um, multiplayer modes that we had from Last of Us 1, right? But, like, really committed to it. I think, you know, there, there could be something there. And then also, Ghost of Shima Legends, but even more. Like, just give me more of that. Man, shout out to Ghost. Man, Ghost when we were Legends playing was fire. multiplayer and you could, you go into photo mode with your friends. That shit was crazy, bless. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to SOCOM. I miss SOCOM. I hope one day we bring it back. Uh, happy... Birthday to Halo 2, the GOAT, the absolute GOAT, Tim. I think about it daily. Like, honest to God, lockout, 1v1 me on lockout right now, any day of the week. Street Shadow writes in with a $5 super chat and says, I think the delays are good. In my opinion, working in game dev, this is a natural process of experimentation. So many things never see the light of day. I agree.
Okay. CJ writes in with the five dollars from chat and says, "I think Jim Ryan is right. I think Sony is too." is reliant on third-party revenue losing cod could harm their single-player games they need to diversify Mm. see i think there's something there i think i also think it's good to diversify the main thing that worries me is how like you know how deep they're jumping into like that pool right like hey Again, 60% of the budget, 12 live service games are going all in. I think a PlayStation first-person shooter exclusive game, even a multiplayer one, I think that is something that's good. I think you that have is one, something SOCOM. Just bring I mean, it back. Bring back SOCOM. I'm sure that's going to sell. Seriously. I'm sure that's going to sell. SOCOM, bring it back. Numbers. Um, but yeah, like, I think, dude, even having, even owning Destiny, like, I know I know Bungie said they want their things to be multi-platform, but, like, if you had Marathon be, like, an exclusive PlayStation thing, like, I think that helps counteract that. Yeah. But oh, yeah, but but uh, but, the, <laughs> but the thing is, they're not going to lose Call of Duty though. I mean, right? that's true. Like that, I think that's the. I imagine that Xbox is going to make a lot more money from Call of Duty. But I, I wonder. I mean, let's talk about this. Do you think that Sony's going to make less money from Call of Duty going forward? I mean, you're not going to have the exclusive um, stuff they usually have, right? Because like PlayStation, they'll do like the. Spec ops. They get spec modes. ops for a full year, which yeah. is bullshit. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like, it was the, a whole lifespan of the game. That's, yeah. that's absolutely insane to say that. You know what I mean? But like stuff like that and like uh-huh. marketing deals, you know, I think you lose that on, uh, lose out on that as, on, as PlayStation. But then they don't need to pay for them. Yeah, that's true. So I, I mean, wonder, right. you know, I like, I wonder how that, that but all But I also think out. it's the fear that Call of Duty becomes more associated with Xbox because yeah. Xbox is, you know, owning that marketing. Game Pass. You know, yeah. Game Pass. Like they're making Xbox the place to play Call of Duty. I think you start to you start to see some of that audience shift. I don't think it'll be so major that it that it is like you know, PlayStation is still going to make money off of it. But I, I do wonder long term how much they lose. So the long term is interesting because what I think because this deals happened so deep into this generation's life cycle, I feel like what's done is done. The people that own PS5s own the PS5s. They're playing Call of Duty there every year. They're not going to switch their playing to Xbox. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I feel like the the core of what we're talking about here of like PlayStation making money off of the franchise i don't think we're going to see any change during the ps5 generation mm-hmm. and i mean i think the biggest potential switch would be if xbox manages to sell call of duty and its game pass stuff so well to the general public that they understand it that when next generation comes along they're either switching to whatever that xbox platform looks like or they're like in addition to ps5 we're also going to uh, subscribe to game pass and that's how we're going to play call of duty going forward mm-hmm. all right barrett bring up the the video bring it up online as well. and if you're here in the room you can also ask questions and with that i want to hand over to lars wingerforce the ceo and president so this is this oh, last it's Lars, you, bro. yeah they brought out lars this is the this is last spring and uh, good morning everyone and welcome to today's presentation today's a humbling morning Starting today's presentation, we would like to describe some background and rationale for the aforementioned strategic partnership deal. Even if it serves little financial value going forward, it hopefully answers some questions about our communications and our decisions. I feel so sad for In, this uh, man! Dude, quarter, it's depressing. 22-23, we outlined our ambition to close a number of partnership and licensing deals that would be jointly transformative for Embracer. 
We have already entered into multiple partnerships and licensing agreements I've with seen industry enough. partners. We can let's put them down. It gets worse. No. Movies based on some of our iconic IPs. Except for the already announced deals that have more limited short-term financial value, we have been working on one groundbreaking strategic partnership agreement that would have set a new benchmark for the industry. And trust me, I've been spending a lot of time on this. It hurts, man. Negotiations have been taking far longer than originally anticipated, considering we had a verbal commitment already in October 22. Got to get that written commitment. Specifically, dollars in contracted development revenues over a period of six years. The deal would have enabled a catch-up payment at closing for already capitalized costs for a range of large budget games, but also notably improved medium to long-term profits and cash flow predictability oh my for God. the duration of the game development projects. His dog the transaction had him. many of the highest rated <laughs> kids, global advisors <laughs> across various segments on board with several hundred people engaged on both sides. He's talking sides. about Saudi Arabia, by the way, just for the All record. documentation was finalized and ready to go as of yesterday. We asked for the execution of the agreement before our Q4 How announcement. How insane is this? Dang, man. However, late it all last on the night, table. we received a negative outcome <sighs> from the counterparty. This decision was is unexpected is there anything else to or the is this management it? and the board of directors. You can, you can stop it here. There is more of like a, like, they're, they're fucking distraught. Like, it kind of gets into like, a, oh man, you, you, you tell it's hard for them to say these words. Yeah. Uh, type thing. And like, th this was on a games day with me and Greg and it was like the breaking news or the um, uh, number one news story or whatever. But like, we watched more of it and we're just like, yo, this is fucking insane. Dang. And now Volition's closed and all, all these studios are closing. And this is why they're exploiting Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jace the Drone writes in with the $5 super chat says, Big congrats to Mike for conquering an impromptu half marathon and showing all his haters, specifically Roger, that he's king of the darkness. I mean, it's limitless. You know what I mean? You just go out and do. You don't ask questions. You just put your body on the line. And Roger didn't see me doing it. He didn't believe me. I... Tell me. I don't want to say I'm proud of you, Mike. Thanks, like, like, Thanks Tim. You did give me the, the father look like, don't fuck this. Don't, up, don't hurt yourself. Yep, uh -huh. That's all I was saying. But I, I, I will. Uh, I'll fuck it. I'll say it. I'm proud of you. Thanks, you did man. the damn thing. We did, you, we did it. My legs feel great. Uh, I do have a couple of blisters on my left foot that probably won't let me walk right for a couple of weeks. But like, you know, that, that's what comes with the Nike Blazers. You're able you know to tell I mean? everybody. But guess what? I'm up now. I'm up now. Mike, Here seeing go, you baby. in the kind of funny pajama pants hiked uh, up over your knees yeah. like capris. <laughs> I was dying. Oh, man. T-shirt too small, belly out. Oh, blazer. my God. This guy. <laughs> Craziness. Just running up and down. The, man, we saw some crazy shit on the street. We saw this couple outside of a cemetery. Hood light on, sucking face, making out. And we ran past them and I said, oh shit. And they looked right at us and we looked at them. Awesome moment. Sucking awesome face. moment. <laughs> Street Shadow with the $5 super chat says, thoughts on this. It feels like Portal could be seen as an experiment by Sony before investing in the tech. Cloud streaming for Portal in the future, bless? I mean, I think cloud streaming for Portal would be what would take it to the next level. I don't, I don't think this is them experimenting. Like, I think this is them being like, hey, it's another accessory, man. Like, 
you know, I think it goes hand in hand with what they're trying to do with the whole PlayStation Link thing of having the earbuds, having like a um, uh, the portal, having I forget what else is included in the Link, but like Pulse, the pul- yeah, the Pulse headphones. Like I think mm. they just want to create this catalog of accessories to have that make PlayStation feel like a unique experience, a unique place to play. Um, but yeah, I think if they're gonna do a portal too. I think then they start like experimenting with, all right, let's try it. Let's try having cloud be the thing or um, yeah, like cloud streaming your games, be the thing directly to it as opposed to having it be a remote play device. Yeah, I'm with Bless. Like I feel like the portal is the device that it is designed to be and like yeah. it's, it's yeah. trying to reach a specific audience. But I do think that we will see a, what we were kind of like hoping and expecting for from PlayStation at some point, simply because of where things like the Steam Deck are at and like, I cannot, I remember when the Steam machines were first announced in like 2012 or something like that. And it's like, it's going to be a PC in your living room. And it just didn't work at all. Mm. And then when they announced the Steam Deck, it's like, all right, we'll see. And they pulled it off. And once they pulled it off, then the Raj Ally uh, came out, the Logitech G yeah. Fuel, whatever the fuck <laughs> it's called. Uh, and then there's the um, the other one that has the, the that actually had the OLED. I forget the name um, of the brand that made it. But um they, they're working their successes so i feel like the tech is there so now i just feel like it's inevitable that playstation will want to do that at some point i like that we're gonna go rapid fire here because we got a hard out at 11 30 on the dot y'all uh shout out to my guy manny bagel boy sam Ch- sanchez who just wants to play eafc 24 on the go love that for you homie but here it is Max writes in and says, Tim, I'm in the market for my very first OLED. Uh, what are your recommendations? I'm considering the LG C3 or a Sony OLED, but I'm open to suggestions. Go, Tim. Um, both of those are fantastic calls. What it really comes down to is the LG is going to be better for gaming by a slight margin, and the Sony will be better for uh, movies by a slightly larger margin than that but you're, you're gonna win either way and honestly like you're gonna have an amazing experience with with either i think that the gaming features of the lg series i would probably if you're listening to the show i'd probably lean that way and it's a little cheaper too i like that don't be a coward just buy a vizio like the rest of us okay hell yeah vizio <laughs> <laughs> granny num nums writes in with the five dollars and says go to hell yeah Vizio. <laughs> nanny num num <laughs> <laughs> says blessing how you like in dimension 20 i fell off man he fell off yeah. man i fell off oh I was, did you really yeah but i think because i wanted to try and listen to it as like a, a past we as yeah. a podcast and i think if i'm gonna watch that i need to sit down on tv and actually watch it and yeah. pay, pay full Engage. attention to it yeah Mm-hmm. Final one, Logan writes in and says, I just want to say I agree with Andy about the definition of indie game. Baldur's Gate doesn't need more accolades that could go to a smaller game. That's not a reason, though. Yeah, just because that, you don't want a game that's very successful and going to win a lot of awards to win more awards doesn't change the definition of the thing. But yeah. also, you know. Andy is right, though. We should, ha- we should have more heated conversations. Yeah, that was, that was, that was a was good fun. episode. That was it. That was enjoyable. It was very intense. I got scared for Andy and Greg uh, that they were going to fight each other at one point. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's my favorite that, kind of Chad. podcast. I would also, Andy's I would talk on Titan, Greg. Attack on Titan, yeah, like climbing. Oh, I want your yeah. final episode. Like, Everybody be watching harpoon things and swinging around, Greg, fucking yeah. wrapping him up, yeah. punch him in the dick. Yeah. Cool. Chat, is, is unfortunately, that what they're doing in the Titan? <laughs> yeah, they be doing that. Chat, unfortunately, we do have to go. We have a very fun sponsored segment of our stream today. We're showing off a brand new game that just dropped me, Andy, and Greg. And then afterwards, me, Andy, are playing Halo Infinite. You can come get involved and play some games with us. We'll see you there. Goodbye, everyone. It was the new games cast. Go watch the new games cast.